Welcome to another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Bianca, Julie and Anders with the leadership topic today, from leader to leader of leaders. Before we get into it, let's work our way around the room with some quick intros. Bianca, do you want to start things off? Sure. So I'm Bianca. I'm the head of data in TDCNet. Uh, we are a telecommunications company, the market leader in Denmark. Uh, we're also the first company in the world to get a 2030 uh, net zero validation from the science-based uh, targets initiative. So uh, very much focused on sustainability uh, is very important for us in TDCNet. I am uh, leading a team of uh, 30-something data enthusiasts, and we work in the space of data management and platforms, data governance, um, and also in BI. Perfect. And next up, Julie, do you want to give us a quick intro? Sure. My name is Julie. I'm working at Beta Energy, which is a renewable energy company. So we set up different solar parks. And we focus a lot on biodiversity as well. Um, I'm leading a team um, of data and analytics experts. So within data platforms, um, software development, um, data analytics, uh, and master data. Perfect. And last but not least, Anders. Yes, thanks. I'm uh, Anders Birch, uh, VP at uh, Montalab. We are a global digital consultancy. Helping clients grow their business, preferably in sustainable ways, using technology and 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 data as key levers. Uh, we work with uh, strategy, data analytics, uh, design services, products, um, build them, test them, implement them. That's what we do. Uh, myself, I work primarily in, in in strategy, helping clients find new channels, new opportunities in the future to uh, to grow their business. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Perfect. Great to have all of you here. And now that we have established a bit of a context to each of you, let's move on to our topic in focus from leader to leader of leaders. So you all have questions or a statement relating to our topic today. And as usual, I'll work around the room with each of these questions or topics, allow you to elaborate a little, and then each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So first of all, let's start with you, Anders. And you'd like to discuss yeah, sure. that as a leader of leaders, how to get leaders to fully understand buy into this and how to coach them, help them improve their communication skills, etc. So do you want to give a little bit more context to this for us? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, for me, it, it's it's all about culture, right? It's it's what kind of culture you would like to have and, and establish. And, and the leadership that you perform and the le leadership style that you have in your organization is, is totally tied to that. Uh, Monster Lab, we have an ambition of having a culture characterized by openness and transparency, 
less hierarchy, uh, managers focusing on uh, coaching, uh, helping employees rather than just sort of managing, right? So try to sort of trying to focus on helping people do the right things, not doing things right, as we say. And, and for me, it's, it's super, uh, it energizes me a lot to have these discussions and, and with the employees and, and, and leaders. It can also be difficult, uh, at some time. Um, I, I think you really need to buy into it. And I have seen in other organizations as well, experienced leaders saying, okay, well, fine. Then, then I don't have to lead. I don't have to manage anymore. Uh, I can just focus on myself and, and, and deliver results and others actually trying, seeking out more sort of robust or specific, tangible, uh, targets and, and definitions of, of their roles and clearer mandates. So even though everyone says, wow, this sounds interesting, let's, let's do a more modern form of, of leadership style. It can be super difficult. Um, and and uh, having people to really fully buy into it, I think, is interesting, but also challenging. Mm, definitely. What do you think about this, Julie? I think Anas is, is right. I think this is one of the things that you need to figure out when, when you move from sort of also just being a very operational leader to being a leader of leaders and figuring out how, how do you how do you be sort of the embedment of that culture and how do you give that to uh, to your employees? Um, I think it, it's also, as, as Anna says, it's very much related to the culture of the company and, and making sure everyone is on the same page. And there I think it, it's really important that you have this um, openness within the company and you have people like for example, Anas, I'm assuming that goes in the forefront of sort of showing this is what you're supposed to do. I think the worst you can do is is saying this is what we think you should be doing, and then you do something completely different yourself. Yeah, so I I completely agree with uh, with Anas. This is a lot about culture and about being very mindful about how we uh, encourage leadership. Uh, for example, we try to do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching because at the end of the day, everyone is an individual and everyone is in a different uh, path in their journey. And as leaders, when we want to grow leaders in our team, whether they are people managers or other kinds of leader, I find it very important that we focus a lot on the behavior and bring perspective on the behavior, um, for example, reward initiative or reward openness. And of course, as, as Julie says, to reward is, is not enough. It's also to demonstrate uh, the leadership traits that we want to foster in our team. Um, I also think it's about, uh, as I said, growing individuals. Um, it's about how do we set realistic goals for them? How do we help them measure and how do we help them reflect on on where they are? Um, I've been in, in, a, in a couple of situations where there is a lot of leadership potential in individuals and we need to foster that phase where they acknowledge that they have a lot of potential and help them grow into the leaders that they want to become. 
because it's not enough to have the drive to become a leader. It's also about being mindful of, of your own limitations. And I think as leaders of leaders, we have to be very mindful of what the limitations of, of our leaders are as well and help them overcome them. That's uh, that's my perspective, at least. I, I agree. Um, I think feedback is also essential here. Um, so what we're doing with my team is, is we, we do feedback workshops because it, it can be uncomfortable to give feedback that's not positive. So we're teaching people how to do it um, in, in, in sort of a, a structured way. Because one thing is giving feedback as, as the leader to my leaders. Um, the second thing is also receiving the feedback from um, their employees. Um, and I, I think that openness is just really important to have. Wow, that sounds uh, interesting, Julie. I, I think we should do that at our place here in, in, in Monster Lab. That's, that's fantastic because feedback is so difficult, right? We, we all ask for it and, and expect that we will get it, but we are terrible at asking for it and, and receiving it and, and also, I think also giving it. it. Exactly. I think yeah. it's, it's really <laughs> exactly. uncomfortable exactly. sometimes to give feedback but sometimes it's the greatest gift you can receive and i think it's it's that mindset you you really need to foster as well that sometimes it is uncomfortable to hear but it helps you grow yeah of course of course i think it's also about i mean we all three of us we we work in 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 organizations that is highly depending on attracting talent young young talent experienced talent talented people right and I think we, we also need to understand that this is a, a requirement, actually, to have a, a more modern sense of leadership, a more modern uh, style of leadership that, that caters for the expectations from, from, from people fresh out of, of university, right? I think one, one discussion we have had is at least that it, doing going this in this direction doesn't require less management or leadership it doesn't require you to spend less time it's just it's it's different things you actually need sometimes even to spend more time to coach to communicate and at all times sort of make sure that you have communicated the, the uh, priorities the uh, direction uh clearly and simple uh, in many ways because people will, will not get any more micromanagement right so I think that's that's interesting as well. I'm curious just to add a little question in here. I'm curious to hear had you always wanted to get into leadership roles? Do any of you miss just being well, not a leader, I suppose? Bianca? I definitely think it's a it's a, a stage uh becoming a leader and then becoming uh, maybe leader of, of leaders as well. I think it's a stage. I don't think, uh, at least I haven't personally uh, started my career saying uh, I want to be uh, at the top and I'm not at the top now either. So so it's a matter of which stages we are in our life and, and what drives us. Um, I think coming back to a little bit what Anas was saying, it's all about having the right mentors at the right time and having the right context uh, at at um to to become a leader in my opinion we've had a lot of uh, fresh out of university graduates and and many come with with ambitions uh, i think copenhagen business school is doing an amazing job 
at, at creating leaders, uh, <laughs> at least uh, at least educating uh, them. And I think uh, we have a lot of very young profiles that are very promising. And it's also very important to to give them the guidance uh, and to to I guess use the most of their talents, but also help them grow. Um, in in practical terms, we we've had uh, a few graduates uh, recently, and and they've um, they've been in these graduate programs around the company, and they've been exposed to so many things, and then they get to settle in in various parts of the organization for a for a full time role, and it's been a fantastic way to bring young talent in, to bring people that are freshly out of of some really good schools. Uh, put them together with some really uh, conservative and really traditional parts of the company and see how that gels and see if they get scared or if they want to change things. Um, and then we have uh, a few people like that in my team that have settled in my team now. And they bring a breath of fresh air, a lot of energy, and they can also run very fast in the wrong direction. And... and, <laughs> and so it actually takes, um, I would say, a lot of, of uh, mindful coaching that we are doing with individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I think, a matter of finding the right uh, circumstances for the right person. We've also had people that maybe started in the wrong role, but the moment they were put, uh, as, as somebody here said, on the right shelf, they just excel. Mm. Uh, we actually have somebody in my team who started um, and they, for a long time, they were trying to to do various things that they've done before in other places and they weren't really working here. And and the moment it clicked for them that they're actually really good at doing something that nobody else can and they started running in that direction, they got a lot of following and a lot of traction for for the things that they are implementing and and they're going up and up in the in the organization right now. Um, it takes a lot of mindful uh, and deliberate coaching to try to find the right context for people. And I'm curious uh, how that works in other places. What do you do when you get graduates uh, that are very talented? How do you help them uh, drive in the uh, drive their agenda in their company. Mm. Julie, do you get many graduates at Better Energy? Um, we don't have a graduate program, um, but we do get a lot of uh, graduates right out of university. Um, and I, I think at least what I'm, I'm trying to do and also what I've been doing in the past is to figure out what motivates people. I think just like you say, Bianca, Finding in the right shelf is is something you as as a leader needs to help um, your your team with, and and just understanding what are they good at. I I once was given an advice saying there are lots of things you're never really going to be great at. Don't focus on those. Just focus on the ones that you are already great at, and then really excel in those. And I think that's also something that. I'm trying to, uh, with the sort of younger graduates, just giving them lots of different possibilities and sort of just say, go out, do, figure out something, I have your back and and come back if, if there's anything. And I, I think that approach has just worked really well. So like as in to 
to let them try different things, figure out on their own what is their forte, I suppose. And exactly. then they may stick at that. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Anas, what about you? Do you have any graduates working with you guys? Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. Uh, we also do not have a graduate program, but but um, but we're trying to we're trying to do the best we can when we get graduates, and uh, we do similar things as as Julia and Bianca is, is mentioning. I think it's it's super important to find out what what motivates uh, a graduate, and and uh, I really like what you're saying, Julie. That that find the strength, find what drives and motivates people. And then let them have as much responsibility as possible, um, and have their back, <laughs> but not stand in their way. And that that can sometimes be a difficult balance, right? Um, but I think if if you if you succeed in doing that, you can get tremendous things out of young graduates that uh, that you didn't think and they didn't think was possible uh, in any way, right? I also think there's sort of there's not as much lack of respect as there was early in earlier days say t- 10 years ago 20 years ago uh for for less senior people i think best argument wins and if you have a viewpoint and and you have data to to back it up usually peace, people listen right definitely so how about now we come to to your question Julie? Um, and you've asked how do you ensure that you have psychological safety and high motivation in your manager's teams. Can you elaborate a little bit for us? Yes. Um, so so one thing is that you try to install it in sort of your leadership group. But how do ins- how do you, you ensure that it also goes beyond that and into your uh, manager's teams? Um, in my previous role, I, um, I had teams sort of spread out across the world and I didn't have any day-to-day interaction with people in the teams. So I I didn't have the feeling of, of with them in terms of are you really happy? Is, are things going the way it should? Um, are you really unhappy? Um, do you dare to speak up if if something is is not right? Um, so so that was sort of a, a big challenge, and of course, very much on the leaders and, and sort of having a very close relationship with them. Um, so so that was the sort of the background from uh, for that question. What do you think on this? Yeah, I think two things really. I think relationship, as you mentioned, Yuli, is is key. I think so. Of course, we don't have we don't all have to be friends or best friends at at work, and and definitely not across the hierarchy either. But I think in order to have that sort of feel that safety uh, in a team, I think you need to have a relationship. You need to know who that person is, and that person needs to know about you. Uh, small things, really. Where do you live? Uh, are you married? Are you in a relationship? Do you have a dog? Uh, do you like football? Do you like knitting? Whatever. Um, I think I think that is the foundation. And then I think, as a leader, and definitely, <laughs> definitely, as a leader of leaders, you need you need to be able to open up yourself and admit that you're not always right. And be open for feedback and open for suggestions. And sometimes it takes, I mean, you have to maybe for a year ask after a meeting or after a presentation, say, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? How should we do this? This is the ambition. What, how do we go about this? Uh, and really notch people. But, but when you start up sort of when people get that it's actually okay to, uh, to ask or to, to come up with suggestions or, even give feedback. I think 
I like what you're saying, but I think we can do even better, or I think another approach would be even better. Uh, to cherish those moments is is uh, sometimes difficult because, okay, uh, <laughs> that was a bad idea, but but to be honest, it's just amazing, right? When 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 people less experienced or younger or new to the team speaks up and say, ah, fantastic, but we can also do this. Yeah, wow. But but it takes sort of it takes that sense of security and 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 trust. I think trust is the key word. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I fully agree. I think it's it's. I, I also like the piece where you said you, you need to share something about yourself. I think at least for my sort of managers, that's it's so important that you have something to relate to. What is this person like? Also outside work. Um, so. Yeah, that's also something that I'm trying maybe sometimes a bit oversharing, but at least showing that I am a person and sometimes I'm late and sometimes I have a really bad morning because I cannot get my daughter out of the door, things like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, fully agree. But they, they are, at the end of the day, normal problems that anyone has. That's what makes you human. Like you said, you are a person and, and everyone goes through things like that. So, yeah, it's really nice. I can agree with, with what you guys are saying there because even high up in our company, they make effort to, to introduce themselves whenever you first join and you just feel like you're in a safe environment. Um, so I think I think I'm the one sitting on the outside looking at what you guys do because I'm obviously not at your stage, but I can say from where I'm sitting, it's so nice that that whenever people take that initiative and, and get to know you personally, it definitely does make us feel a lot safer. What about you, Bianca? I think it's um, it's very much along the line of 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 yes, being vulnerable and and being as um, yes, I am your manager, but I also need your help. Um, I think we, at least over the last uh, 10, 15 years, I think management has changed so much. Uh, it's, it's like Anna says about how do we coach people? How do we get out of their way when they know what they're doing? So I think it being very um, mindful to to also take the time and, and be, give people recognition, um, especially in public settings as much as possible give the recognition for the team success to to attribute that to the leadership that somebody in the team took uh, and and be vulnerable saying uh, we have some big problems we need to solve and I really need your personal help so so I think this is something that's that's worked well here to create psychological safety is to ensure that the leaders uh, feel empowered and they feel um, like they have a stake in the game that their contribution um, is not just uh, recognized, but also that is dearly needed, and that the whole team depend their success is the team's success at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, this taking this approach of, of being uh, vulnerable with uh, being just a person, and you're not just the face of the team, but you are the one that's actually uh, helping the team work together. And being uh, recognizing the team success as, as being uh, the fact that that everybody's taking charge and and being a leader in the in the work that they're doing. Yeah, I definitely agree. And Julie, you also had a second question, which I'm quite interested in hearing about, and it's about new managers and how do you help them going from a specialist to a people's manager. Exactly. I, I think especially within sort of a 
I guess pretty much everywhere, you have a tendency to to find a really good specialist and think, okay, you should be a manager. Um, but sometimes, maybe most of the time, maybe that's not the right way because the really good specialists should maybe just be specialists. Mm. So it's it's also figuring out with that person, are you comfortable changing tracks and what does it take courses-wise, coaching-wise, Things like that. Um, I've had some very, very good examples, but I've unfortunately also seen some some cases where it just didn't work out. I suppose it's it, it sometimes is trial and error. You don't know until you you do try it, put them through these courses. And this is also why I kind of asked earlier: Did you expect that you would want to go into leadership? Because some people do just like being in the tech world, hands on. Don't. Don't give me any of that people handling stuff to, to go with. So that that's where where I'm quite curious. What what do you think about this, Anders? Uh, whether I always wanted to be a leader as well. And... Well, well, no. So, well, Julie's question, but then then I'm also yeah, curious. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that in 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 our line of, of business, so I'm in consulting, right? And 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 we we are all specialists. And at a certain point, if you are successful in doing that. People are then asked to become leaders, which they have no idea about typically how to do. No, uh, and 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 I have seen uh, good examples like Julia. Also seen bad bad examples. So my 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 take on that maybe is twofold. So I I think it requires a lot of feedback, a lot, a lot of coaching, and and exactly as you say, Sean, a lot of trial and error, and mm-hmm. and really to to tell that person. You will not succeed big time in the beginning. You will fail, and that's perfectly fine. You you have learned your domain within that you're a specialist within, so you can always learn this. Whether you will be learn to love it, we'll need to find out because that's at least my experience. If 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 what you do is maybe not a, necessarily a hobby, but if if the the more you love it, the more you like what you do. The better you 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 are at doing that, right? So I I think that's a prerequisite for for getting that to succeed to be a success is that people that specialist actually finds out okay I actually I like this I I I never thought I would maybe I thought I was a specialist but but it, it actually it's pretty fun uh, and maybe even they can do a little bit on the side. <laughs> Still do a bit of coding or uh, analyzing or or whatever their their speciality was. On on the other side, I think I think we also sometimes need to be more brave to say mm. uh, to look at the hierarchy in a different way. That it's not about it's not about being a leader. Uh, that is important to sort of uh, accel- uh, accelerate your career. You can you can be at the top of 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 the pyramid as a specialist. You can be one of the most important persons in that organization as a specialist. You don't have to be a leader uh, and maybe sort of, yeah, make make that visible somehow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I fully agree. And one of the things that's what I really like about Better Energy is, is we have that model, actually. So it, it's fully recognized. Um, and even the CEO said, Leaders are probably the less important. It's the specialists, the knowledge workers um, that are essential to this company. And I really like that perspective as well. 
Um, so I, I fully agree with you um, on that, Anas. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, and, and when when that comes, sorry, when when that comes comes from the CEO, that's super super strong, right? Yeah, definitely. Bianca, did you have anything to add? Have you got experiences with this kind of stuff? Um, a little bit. Uh, at least I was uh, a hardcore specialist <laughs> for a very <laughs> long time. Um, um, and I think it takes a lot of, I think, internal soul searching to understand that um, when you move away from being a specialist and more into a people leader or um, even a technical leader, it's a lot less about um, being very good at the technical things and, of course, being much better at uh, team dynamics. Uh, the word politics comes a lot into play with new leaders from what I, I've, I've noticed is, is I just want people to, to get stuff done, but there's so many politics. I think this is one of those things that uh, I hear a lot from younger leaders. And... I think a lot of the effort that we spend with, with new leaders that are coming from very specialized background is, is in helping them develop on the softer side, on acknowledging that um, they don't need to know everything into the greatest detail, and then they have to trust people and empower people in the organization to, to do the things that maybe they are still very good at. And close the eyes when things are not as good as if they did themselves, but but give uh, credit to to the people that did get things done. Um, but yes, I I still uh, as a as a very specialist person myself, I still sometimes love to deep dive into into tech, very technical subjects. So I I know what it's uh, what it's like, and at the same time to take a step back, it takes a lot of effort. Uh, and we have to acknowledge that uh, a lot of effort is being put into making the team work, not you yeah. being the best person in the team. I I agree with Bianca, and I also just remember just myself going from a specialist to being a leader. It was sort of um, in an area that I had built, and I felt I could do many other things. So letting go of that was just extremely difficult. And I made so many mistakes in the, in the beginning. I still do, but it, I think it, it, it's just been a really valuable experience sort of to figure out, okay, everyone's going to make a lot of mistakes, but how do I as a leader then help them sort of ease that? Yeah, that's that for me as well. That has been the most difficult thing. And I, to be honest, I still struggle. And uh, one of my, one of my uh, fellow workers here, uh, she is, she is making fun of me. We worked together for seven years and, and I still do it every once in a while when I get uh, impatient or <laughs> I, I just, I, I want to do stuff. Right. And, and I, I think as long as you can laugh at it uh, afterwards, I, I think it's fun. It's super difficult. <laughs> and I, I think it's it's back to the psychological safety that someone dares to speak up and say, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> now you're overstepping stuff, <laughs> move on and then go back to what you're supposed to do and then redo my work. I think we must have really good psychological safety because <laughs> I get sold off a lot. <laughs> <laughs> then you're doing a good job. Yeah, okay. that must be why. 
Um, so anyway, this can lead us on to our final topic with you, Bianca. And you've mentioned how in your organisation at TDC Net, you're going through a lot of changes at the moment. And with leaders being a central figure in their respective teams, their ways of dealing with it tends to get multiplied. So what what's your what's your sort of approach to this? And, and can you give us a little bit more detail? Yeah, so so this is a question more around um, how do you help your leaders uh, implement change? And it t- there's a few stages to implementing, but, but to give you a, a bit of background, organizational change is something I think most companies go through, uh, maybe um, frequently as well. So here it's happening a lot that we are looking to transform. We are going through a transformation. And that, of course, uh, means that we have to focus on new things, create new things, uh, but also to change the way we work and the way we interact across the company. In practical terms, it means that uh, people are moving departments, uh, people are moving roles, they're changing leaders as well. Um, and and some people that uh, did very, very well in their previous life, in their previous department, for example, they're struggling to accept change and to implement the change in their teams. Um, and especially that's, that's, I find that difficult when, um, when they are leaders or managers of people, uh, in order to get the entire team on board, there is a lot of leadership that comes into that. So how do we, um, my question is more, how do you deal with, with uh, getting leaders? to travel through change, both in them accepting change, but also in um, in helping them change uh, the perspective of their teams. Because if, if, you know, if the leader is not on board with the change, it's very difficult for teams to follow through. So I would love to hear your perspective. Julie, what about you? Um, what comes to mind is sort of the change curve. Uh, if you worked with that sort of resistance in, in in the beginning and then you sort of slowly accept or you hit bottom first and then you slowly accept and then you come out on, on the other side. Um, so we worked a lot with that in, in uh, one of the previous teams I had and it's it's extremely difficult. I think information over communication is, is one of the key things and then just again have that sort of safety um, and, and trust installed. So even though there's going to be changes, it's going to be okay. Um, it's not like you're going to get fired tomorrow or we're going to take half your team away or something like that. I think things like that communicate and, and to communicate again is, is quite important. Yeah. Alice, what about you? Yeah, no, spot on. I, I, I think exactly as, as Julie is saying, I, I think it's Usually, if you're a leader of leader, you, you have been part of sort of designing where we're we heading, right? You have been part of designing a new organizational structure or, and, and you tend to forget that, that you've been part of that and you fully understand the why, the how, the what. Uh, and then you have to communicate this and, and you do it once and, and you basically just expect everyone gets it, right? And, and of course they don't. Um, so really being, over communicating, as you said, Julie, the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we? What are we trying to achieve? Why is it important? Uh, and and help the managers do the same for for their teams. 
in in easy simple ways and and then on the other side i i also think and and all of three of us work with specialists as as well as we just discussed i mean it's also to sort of make room for just focusing on on doing their jobs i mean trying to sort of prote- protect them a little bit about from all the changes that are, that are happening so of course involve them communicate but also make sure that they are not sort of disturbed by all the changes and and that it doesn't become a thing that is bigger than doing your job and helping your customers so Bianca, what are your thoughts on on these two opinions? I I think it's 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 great. Uh, I think we're we're on the same page and and doing these behaviors like over communication and making room to 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 just work and and protect uh, the the individuals' uh, deliveries at the same day and and feel them feel cherished and valuable. Uh, I think that's what's uh, what it also takes a lot of time. Mm. And I think this is where, especially in, in tumultuous times when things need to change fast, that's where we forget a lot of these things as leader. It's a mistake that I've made as well. And it's a mistake that's cost us uh, losing people. Mm. So it, it's it's one of those uh, things that um, I've learned uh, also recently, uh, how important it is to, to, to over-communicate and and to make sure that we have that room for people to also fight back because that is a way getting involved in the change is is a way to get them over the curve. Anas, did you have something to add? Yeah, sometimes I, I, I think it's also about making people ready <laughs> uh, for change uh, even before it's happening, right? Because in, in, in our industries, change will not stop right there's there's so much going on uh, so much new development new tech new 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 opportunities change will happen uh, all over again and and as you say bianca you're in the middle of a transformation maybe most of us are we just don't know it know it yet <laughs> sometimes it's it's something that you can only see in hindsight i think it's sometimes it also helps to talk with managers not necessarily teams but managers about how how we how can we be change ready uh, to sort of build that mindset and and discuss openly with your management team uh, what does it take for for all of us because change is is a constant right mm. yeah that's definitely something that I've learned from working beside this industry I'll not say in this industry but things are changing all the time um, it's a bit of a roller coaster um, but anyway does anyone have anything else any other questions or anything you'd like to find out about anyone nope okay great well we'll leave it there for today then I just want to take this opportunity to thank each of you Julie, Bianca and Anas for providing us with some great insights into our topic today Hopefully each of you may have learned something from each other um, and even our listeners at home may have learned something themselves. But thank you all for listening. And if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I hope you've enjoyed listening. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. Thank you.